Welcome to the Talking Tenancies podcast, brought to you by the Residential Tenancies Authority. I'm your host, Belinda Hyde. Join me as we explore everything you need to know about renting in Queensland with experts from the RTA and industry. We're here to help make renting work for everyone. When a rental property is for sale while it is occupied by a tenant, there are several scenarios that can take place. So it's important to be informed on the rights and responsibilities as a tenant and a property owner manager. Today's expert from the RTA is Matt Sturgis from Customer Experience. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Now, can you tell us about your role at the RTA and what you're responsible for? Absolutely. So I'm one of the customer experience managers here at VRTA and I'm currently looking after our contact centre and dispute resolution teams. Excellent. And I know you're super busy. So as always, and you're you're backed by popular demand as well. Um, Now today we're talking about uh, when a rental property is for sale. First thing I've got to ask you is what are the options for tenants when a rental property is actually up for sale? I suppose there's a few different options available for tenants depending on uh, I suppose a few different factors so yep. what time we're adding the tenancy uh, what they're looking to do what outcome that they're looking for can can impact uh, I suppose the information that's relevant so to try and uh, I suppose break that down um, just going to explore a few different scenarios with you yeah so okay let's look at the first one if the tenant has just signed the agreement in the past two months what happens there so if they've just signed it in the the Last within the last two months, and they are notified that the premises is for sale by the property manager, or if they enter to show a prospective buyer through, the tenant can look to to end their agreement uh, within the first two months and two weeks. So they get an additional two weeks at the end. Yep. Uh, that way, if the I suppose the notice is given to them uh, a day before that two months ends, they they do have a bit of time to decide what yep. they they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can give that notice to leave with just or notice of intention to leave with just two weeks notice. Okay. Um, so that notice again, just to clarify, uh, if they are um, intending to leave, they need to provide that notice within two months and two weeks of the tenancy agreement starting. Gotcha. So outside of that, what about at any other time? So at any other time, it. It depends whether it's a fixed term agreement or a periodic. So the difference between them, a fixed term has an end date. Mm-hmm. A periodic agreement is when it's just ongoing with no no uh, agreed end date in the lease. So when it's a fixed end date, the property manager can't actually ask the tenant to leave during that period. They right. have to honour the lease agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the property manager intends to sell the premises with vacant possession, they would actually need to come to a mutual agreement uh, with the tenant. So from a tenant's point of view, they may incur some costs. Yep. So that would be something that they can have a discussion about if they need that vacant possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the tenant need in order to be able to agree to that? If they are going to have to find a new property, uh, cover those removalist costs, um, all things to be considered. Yep. Uh, if there is an agreement, it's really, really, really important that all parties get that written down and uh, make sure they're on the same page. Uh, the last thing anyone wants is a uh, last-minute complication. Especially uh, when it's up for sale. <laughs> especially when it's up to sale. Uh, but if the tenants are wanting to remain in the premises, yep. they, they have that fixed-term lease agreement mm-hmm. and um, they, they can look to remain there until they are 
essentially giving notice at the end of that period if the new buyer mm -hmm. uh, wishes to move in. When there's a periodic agreement in place, so there's no fixed term end date, uh, this is a bit different. This is where if vacant possession is required by the new or prospective owner, mm -hmm. uh, the tenants can be given a notice of four weeks uh, to leave. Mm -hmm. So that should really be done as, as soon as practical after that, that term has been decided that that vacant possession is required. Yeah, so there, there's some differences there in those timeframes, isn't there, depending on the agreement. So it's got to get real clear on which one you're on to. Absolutely. Mm. So if you're unsure, make sure you refer to your paperwork. Yeah. Just because there's a periodic agreement doesn't mean that the tenant will necessarily be asked to leave. It depends what the buyer is potentially looking for as well. They might be looking for that investment property. So mm. having a tenant in there um, may, may really suit them and the tenant can continue living in the premises on that periodic, um, periodic agreement under the same terms. Excellent. So, I mean, you know, it, speaking to each other is probably the first thing you need to do, right? And just make sure everybody's on the same page of what they're going to do moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, as always, when we catch up and do these podcasts, yeah. uh, <laughs> communication is key. Number um, one. If people are, are happy to agree on something to move forward, then, then great. Um, that's exactly what we like to hear. Yeah. Um, but always encourage people to put it in writing just so that they can make sure they have the same understanding. Yeah. Now, I've, I've actually been through this one myself, Matt. Um, tenants occupying the property will experience open homes and advertising of the property for sale, which can be a little bit intrusive. What do they need to know when it comes to entry to the property and the photographs that are taken for advertising purposes? That's a great question and one that we often get asked here at the RTA. Yeah. Uh, people's privacy through their tenancy is, is really important as mm. well as their quiet enjoyment in, in being able to reside in the property without being, uh, I suppose, intruded on mm. uh, too regularly. So, again, like with everything, we're going to break this down into a few scenarios. Mm -hmm. uh, the first being if we have a look at photographs. Yep. Uh, so we're talking about uh, a tenant's privacy here. If they have all of their furniture in the property mm -hmm. and the managing party or the owner is looking to take some nice photographs so that they can advertise the premises for sale. If they're looking to include any of the tenant's possessions in there, mm -hmm. they do need their written permission in order to do that. Gotcha. If they advertise those photos without getting written permission from the tenant, this may be considered an offence under the Act. Right, okay. So that tenant's privacy is, is paramount. Yep. Um, obviously, if they are just taking photos of the, the premises and it doesn't include any, any of the tenant's belongings, mm. um, then that's okay. Uh, but obviously, we appreciate that's quite difficult to do so and have them looking nice if the uh, place is fully furnished. Yeah, I, I still remember when I had to go through an open house and I went and got all the family photos and I went and hid them because they were going to take photos and you don't want those things in advertising. Absolutely. So yeah. again, we spoke about communication, mm. just understanding, make sure that there are no confidential documents lying around, yeah. no personal photos that the tenants wouldn't want to, to be included in there mm. and, and making sure there's plenty of time to, to um, place them elsewhere whilst yeah. the, the photos are done. So... Uh, We've looked at the photos. Now, what about when it comes to entering the property for um, viewings or inspections for the open house? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, we've got two different scenarios there. Yeah. We've got your um, open homes, mm -hmm. uh, which tend to be obviously organised for a certain time, but mm. from a property um, owner or seller's point of view, um, they may not have any idea who's going to turn up or how many people. Yeah. So when that's the case... Uh, 
like with having photos taken or personal belongings, written agreement is actually required yep. in order to hold an open house. Uh, this is because obviously the tenants don't know who's coming through. There's less information, uh, I suppose, available to the property managers about what's happening. Um, and there could be a high volume of or number of people coming through, mm. uh, which has its advantages. Uh, if you don't want to have those regular inspections coming in uh, once, twice, or however many times each week, um, holding an open home could be a really um, effective way of, mm. of helping the premises be sold quicker yep. um, as more people are able to come and view it at their own time. Uh, if you aren't comfortable with that and you're, uh, as a tenant, you don't want to agree to those open homes happening, um, that is up to you. Yeah. Uh, again, I'd encourage you to speak to the selling agent in this to, to really understand the benefits and the, I suppose the impact so that you can make that decision. Mm. If you're not comfortable with that open home, uh, what may be the case there is that they can enter still to mm -hmm. show prospective purchases around. Now, what we're looking at here is a more organized uh, way of doing things. There yep. might be um, interest shown in the property um, and the prospective buyers want to have a look and they are able to do that. The mm. um, selling agent is able to issue an entry notice, providing at least 24 hours notice to come through and show these prospective purchases around. So the major difference between that and an open home is this would normally be for a group of people that are uh, known to the property manager or selling agent um, that they will organize a time to, to come through. Yep. Now, this can't happen all the time. It's not uh, an unlimited um, number of occasions that can mm. come through. Uh, the Act is very specific in saying that uh, the property manager or selling agent can't come through for this reasons unless a reasonable amount of time has elapsed in between. Yep. Um, obviously, what's reasonable can be different depending on um, location, area, what mm. the market's doing. Mm. So again, if you feel that uh, they are too frequent as a tenant or you need to do them more frequently as a property manager or selling agent, that communication piece is key. Yep. Trying to agree on what both parties believe is reasonable up front. Yeah. Uh, the last thing you want is to have a disagreement on the day of a viewing or something <laughs> like that. So That again, could get awkward. Absolutely, <laughs> which is why communication is key. Yeah, and I think, you know, as frustrating as it can be, especially when you're a tenant, I think the best thing you can do is just try and roll with what they need for an open house because it is going to be to your benefit in the end with, you know, getting the property sold quicker. Absolutely, which yeah. is, uh, as we kind of discussed, if, if there can be that agreement up front, if the... Uh, um, property manager or selling agent and tenant are able to, to have that conversation, agree on what they feel would be the best approach to minimise the intrusion from a tenant's point of view yeah. and obviously respecting their quiet enjoyment so that they can still reside in the property through the process. That's it. It's a two-way street, isn't it? Absolutely. So what happens after the rental property sale is finalised? So after the, the sale has been finalised, um, it's important to note that the tenancy agreement does not automatically end. We spoke a little bit earlier around timeframes that are involved that need to be given. Uh, if no notice is given um, through that period, uh, and as the sale is completed, the, the new owner, uh, they may look to negotiate with you on a new fixed term agreement. They may ask you to leave without grounds if you're the tenant, and they can provide two months. Mm -hmm. notice there if you're on that periodic agreement otherwise they have to honor the the actual lease agreement and that would continue so all the same terms that you were signed up with with the previous managing party or owner would continue with the new owner uh, the 
tenant must be provided with a letter advising them of the new property owner, their details and where to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like one that, that should be obvious, but it can be something that is forgotten about in yeah. the, the excitement of the sale um, yeah. and just making sure that obligation has happened. And uh, you don't want to get three, four weeks down the line with a new um, property manager <laughs> and you haven't been paying rent or you've still been paying to the, the previous owner. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you get that information as a tenant as the sale is being completed uh, so that you know who you can reach out to if there are any issues and also where you need to pay that rent from now on. Uh, and alongside that, making sure that the bond is updated with us at the RTA yep. so that the new landlord or property manager, if they engage with a different provider, um, is registered on the bond. That would just make things a bit quicker come uh, looking to get a refund. Yeah. So the other important um or common topic that we talk about here at the RTA, something that's really worth noting is about what happens if there's rent arrears when the mm. property is sold. So the rent arrears don't transfer to the new owner. So if there is any money owing as the property is sold, the previous property owner can actually seek to recover those funds as money owing to them. So this is no longer, I suppose, an impact on the tenancy agreement that continues uh, with the new property owner and the obligation for the tenant to pay pay rent continues with them. But these rent arrears or money outstanding can actually be sought from the previous property owner as a debt owing to them. Gotcha. So again, communication is key, making sure that people understand if there's any money outstanding and uh, what any repayment schedule or agreement there is, uh, if that is to be recovered. And if there's no agreement on that, then the previous or the selling party can can look to recover them through that, that tribunal process as a debt owing to them. Um, so when owners change, some tenants may experience rent increases. What are the rules around that? Yeah, so rent increases are, um, uh, I suppose, a common part of any uh, tenancy agreement, but there are timeframes and rules around when it can happen. So if we're talking about a periodic agreement... Uh, it needs to have been at least six months since the rent had been increased. Mm -hmm. And the new owner uh, would need to provide at least two months' notice in writing that they are looking to increase the rent. Yep. When there's a fixed-term agreement in place, uh, if they are looking to increase the rent through that, it must already be stated in the lease agreement how that's to be worked out or that there will be uh, an agreement if there's no special term that covers that. Yep. And then the rent can't be increased during that fixed term. If it is in there, it does need to be as specific as it can to talk about when it will happen. And the same two months notice would need to be provided in writing to notify the, the tenant that that is, is going to take effect and when from. Mm-hmm. The other common way that rent would be increased if it's uh, a new property manager coming in or a new owner um, and they want to have a fixed term lease agreement from a periodic mm-hmm. or if the old fixed term agreement is, is coming to an end uh, they may look to offer a new tenancy agreement and again at that point they would look to put forward what the new rent would be uh, the same notice period still apply there must be at least six months since the last one uh, the last rent increase but um, it's really up to parties at that point to agree on on what the rent increase to mm-hmm. uh, and from a tenant's point of view there are guidelines in the act that talk about the increase um, cannot be excessive 
So if they do feel that the change to the agreement is excessive, then they can look to apply through to a tribunal to, to have that reviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, it's not one that uh, we commonly hear of, but yep. uh, important to note that uh, if there has been that excessive increase, that the, the tenants do have options after they've signed the agreement, yep. um, that they can seek that to be reviewed uh, through a tribunal. Always important from their point of view to consider why they believe it's excessive, uh, considering the uh, stuff like the amount it's increasing by, mm. the percentage it's increasing by, mm. what's happening in, in the market in the area at the time. Yep. Uh, these are all factors that they'll need to consider before uh, determining whether they believe that's excessive. Well, there's a lot to consider, isn't there, when a property is up for sale and, um, you know, again, remembering um, what kind of agreement that you're on as a tenant um, and those rights and responsibilities and notice periods um, and to communicate as always. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Matt, for helping us to get a greater understanding on everything we need to know for when a rental property is up for sale. Thank you for listening to the Talking Tenancies podcast. For more information about the Residential Tenancies Authority, visit rta.qld.gov.au.